Acts chapter 16, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 16. And KJ, I'm going to read in the New King James translation. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. Now I'm going to try not to get stuck, uh, stuck in here uh, so that I can make it all the way uh, where we need to go. But uh, it happened as we went to prayer. So the believers, as the believers go to prayer, there is a manifestation of the devil. So don't get some religious incorrect thinking that is, well, I was praying. So anything that happened has to be from the Lord. So obviously it's from the Lord. No, you, you got to, you take everything that you believe God is saying and you take it to the word of God because the word and the spirit agree. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? Yeah. So the word and the spirit agree. Mm -hmm. So just because, you know, I, you know, we had the honor uh, really of a lifetime that we were able, blessed of the Lord really, to travel with uh, Kenneth Hagin Sr., Brother Hagin. Mm -hmm. We call him Dad Hagin, uh, like spiritual father to you, father in the faith. And um, I remember hearing him say, some people say, well, uh, you know, I went down to the altar and I prayed, so it has to be from the Lord. And he said, what they don't realize is sometimes uh, every time you go to the altar, the devil goes to the altar too. In other words, we have authority over the enemy. Uh, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't, you can't stop the enemy from uh, trying to tempt you or distract you or deceive you. He's going he's gonna to be there to try to do that. But you don't have to, uh, well, uh, another thing he would say is he said, you know, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest there. Mm -hmm. So you have authority over the enemy, but your authority doesn't work like, okay, now in the name of Jesus, I, I just, I bind the devil that he will never bother me again. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, I want you to pray that the devil will never bother me again. <laughs> And Dad Hagin said, you want me to pray that you'll die? <laughs> so uh, I got to slow down a little bit to make sure nobody's misunderstanding me. But you understand <laughs> that we have authority over the enemy. Yes, we do. So when he comes into our lives, uh, we can command him to go and he has to flee. Yes, but the principle that we find in the word is that he will come back after some time <laughs> and try you again. So what I'm saying is we don't have authority to say you can't come back and try again. But every time he comes, we have authority to stop him. But when we uh, uh, are, let our flesh kind of rule and reign in our life instead of the real us, which is our spirit, yeah. you're a three-part being. Yeah. Uh, whether you realize it or not, the real you is a spirit. You are a spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. And if you don't renew your mind with the Word of God, Romans 12, 1 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, 
if you do not renew your mind with the word of God, you will be conformed to the world and may not even realize it. So be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you can't like lift those out of the setting and just say, oh, I just got to be transformed, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't really fed on the word that much. And so, but I'm okay. I'm really not like the world. No. If you're not transformed by the renewing of your mind, you're conformed to the world. So it's not like a, it's like a karate kid, you know. <laughs> I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s. And so, uh, you know, it's like he said, uh, there's a grape in the middle of the road. And if you're in the middle of the road, you get squished. <laughs> I don't even remember that line. <laughs> grape gets squished. <laughs> so in other words, you're either conformed to the world or you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so you're a three-part being, I'm a three-part being. And uh, when we live out of our spirits... Well, then we get the blessing of the Lord Amen. and we follow the Lord. In fact, Paul said in Romans, uh, if you don't put to death the deeds of the flesh by the spirit, you'll die. Mm -hmm. you, you have to put to death those things and you do it by the spirit and by the power of the word. And so, uh, you know, they go to prayer and when they're going to prayer, uh, this demon really manifests, shows up, shows itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you notice the demon actually, normally it seemed like they lie, but here they tell the truth. These men are servants of the Most High God who will show us the way of salvation. Mm -hmm. So just because someone is speaking something uh, doesn't mean it's even by the Spirit of the Lord in a prayer time. So you really have to follow the Lord, and it's not difficult uh, because uh, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. In other words, if you're born again, you know it. Mm. You might not know it here, but you know it here. Yeah. In other words, you, you, a lot of times you can't even explain it. You just, I can't explain it. I just know I am. Yeah. If you have trouble with it, over I think in Peter, it says, we know that we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the greatest miracles, I think, is uh, the love of God. Because you can actually say, you know what, naturally speaking, I, I would not love that person. I would not walk in love with that person. I would not deny myself for that person for the sake of loving that person. But there is someone on the inside of me stirring me. It's the love of God constraining you. Well, if you live from your outward uh, desires all of the time, you may, have, you may be born again and have the love of God on the inside of you and not be conscious of him being there. Mm -hmm. There's a lady who said, uh, you know, uh, she hated her mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. She said, I hate my mother-in-law. <laughs> and Dad Hagen was ministered to her, and uh, he was ministered in the congregation. He said, you know, if you uh, hate your mother-in-law, uh, then you don't have eternal life abiding in you. You're on your way to hell. And she was a minister's wife, just like my wife. So. I love my mother-in-law. She's the best. <laughs> so after the service, she comes and she's like, well, 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 uh, what are you saying? You said if I hate my mother-in-law, you know, I'm not born again. And she's like, and, you know, I, I, I've been born again and I've been to Bible school and all this. He said, well, I, I don't care wherever you've been, according to the word of God. Yeah. Uh, if you hate, then you don't have the love of God living on the inside of you and you're not born again and you're on your way to hell. 
And uh, he said, I just got her in there deep enough so she would kind of like wake up. And he said, look at me and say, I hate my mother-in-law and check down here. And so she said, I hate my mother-in-law. And he said, what's happening here? She said, something's scratching me. Well, because she was not conscious uh, looking to the inside when she would just think of hating her mother-in-law, how much she hated her mother-in-law and felt like she hated her mother-in-law. But the truth is she actually loved her mother-in-law. But faith doesn't actually um, work for you until you work faith, until you act upon what God said. So what did God say? Well, if you're born again, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. What does that mean? It is like poured overflowing into the heart of the believer by the Spirit of God. We have the love of God. But just because that love is poured in there, if you don't act like that is true, if you don't believe that enough to act like it, well, how would you act if you did love your mother-in-law? Well, you know, in this lady's case, she said, well, I would have her over for dinner. So she made a dinner for her, prepared everything, and had her mother-in-law over. And afterwards, she said, you know what? I really do love my (laughs) mother-in-law. Well, she just then started living out of the real her instead of out of her flesh. I mean, you be with anybody longer enough, you'll get familiar enough with them that their flesh will annoy you. So if you're going to live in the flesh, you're just going to live annoyed. Yeah. So I keep my body under, Paul said. I bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Right? So uh, you walk in love. Let the love of God dominate you. Act like that's true. Anytime you act like the Bible's true, you're acting in faith. Amen. And it came to pass... Uh, As they went to prayer, so they're going to prayer, Uh, damsel possessed with the spirit of, uh, I switched, sorry, KJ. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us and brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did many days, but Paul greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. You start doing things for the Lord and people of the city might not be real thrilled. (laughs) Right? I mean, the religious view of it is like, man, if you preach and the power of God shows up, everybody's just happy and it's wonderful. And well, not everybody's always happy. (laughs) Those that receive are happy. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs that are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet with stocks. 
So Paul and Silas, led by the Spirit of the Lord here, cast the devil out of this little slave girl mm-hmm. who, who they were, uh, was being manipulated, yeah. you know, and used by these people to make money mm-hmm. who didn't care about her. Yeah. The power of God set that girl free. Amen. And they got thrown in jail for it. Mm-hmm. Well, if Paul and Silas had been like some of us sometimes, they'd say, man, man, we sure must have missed it. We must have missed God because if God had been in it, why would we be in jail now? The Lord sent us here to minister, and we're sitting in jail. Uh, we can't even yell out the window because we're in the innermost prison, <laughs> and, and our feet are bound, and our hands are bound. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. We're such a failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, if, if we really knew God, why would the power of the devil even be able to manifest in our midst? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. That's natural human thinking. That if you are, are used of the Lord and following the Lord, that everything works out perfectly. Yeah. No, uh, the reason that the Bible says that we are more than overcomers is we have to have something to more than overcome. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have flesh too. I think like, wouldn't well, it be great? I'm more than an overcomer, but let's not have anything we need to overcome. Well, no, then you don't have an, a correct understanding of the life of faith. Yeah. Because the faith life, I like to say, is an adventure. Yeah. Because if you're living by faith, you're going to have challenges. But if you live by faith, you are more than an overcomer for any challenge that the devil will place in your path or place in your life. There is not a challenge. There is not a problem. There is not a temptation that he can come up with that Jesus has not already conquered. And you might say, well, that's great. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And Jesus is wonderful. But what Jesus did, he did for the believer. He was the firstborn of a new generation. So the generation that Jesus is a part of and that he is the forerunner of and the firstborn of, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior and you are born again, you are now part of that generation. You are part of that nation. You are a new breed. Old things have passed away. Look, everything is brand new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, if any man be in union with Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Everything has become brand new. Everything brand new. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm new on the inside. inside. Everything's new. new. Old things have passed away. Old Old habits habits cannot dominate me me. because I live live from who I am am in Christ. In Christ. Therefore, I'm free. He whom the Son has set free is really free. So I am really free. Doesn't that feel good? Just the words of your mouth, when they line up with the words of God, do you know the power that is in the words of God? That becomes uh, noticeable to you and even tangible. You know, like the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the exact same power that raised Christ from the dead, when you declare 
the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and the ascension of Christ, that same power is present in your declaration. In other words, Jesus is Lord. So in your declaration that Jesus is Lord, not just when you were born again, but right now today, say this, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Say, Say, Jesus is Lord over my money. Jesus is Lord over my money. Hallelujah. Well, that declaration takes the same power that God used when he raised Christ from the dead, and it makes it available right there in that situation. In other words, for healing of your body, every sickness, every disease, you know, poverty was put on Christ, but every sickness, every disease, uh, every deficiency in your body from an accident Mm -hmm. was actually placed on Christ. And not only placed on Christ, but he took it upon himself and he defeated it in every aspect and in every extent. In other words, if it's just a little thing or something that's had time to grow for a long time, Mm -hmm. Jesus defeated every bit of it. So when you declare Jesus is Lord over my body, you're saying what Jesus is Lord over concerning the flesh is real in my life. Right? The same power that raised Christ from the dead uh, lives in our bodies, Corinthians says, and quickens our bodies or makes them live, makes them alive, makes them really live. Well, the confession, our confession, makes that a reality in our life. So she did this many days. uh, And then I'm reading two translations here. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were here they're praying again Mm -hmm. Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God or New King James says singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them or King James says and the prisoners heard them so they weren't quiet about it they actually lifted their voice and at midnight they prayed and sang praises unto God you know at the the most difficult one of the most difficult times in their life They didn't whine and complain, and they didn't keep their mouth shut. Mm. They prayed, and they sang praises to God. They prayed and sang praises. And they said, you know, praise the Lord. Glory to God. God is good. God is on our side. He'll make a way. Why? Well, because I have prayed, and I know my God, and I know that he will supply my every need, and I know he doesn't lead me in the wrong path. Wigglesworth said, (laughs) he said, he showed up uh, one time. If you don't know Smith Wigglesworth, uh, you you all read some of his writings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's 23 recorded cases of people being raised from the dead. You know, like Pastor Mark Hankins says, most of us are still working on our first. I just saw him this week. So anyhow, not Smith Wigglesworth. So <laughs> you got to stretch your hands out towards me. No. Pastor Mark. So at midnight, they prayed and sang praises. So Wigglesworth said this. They brought, he was praying about this um, young man who, who was just in a really bad state. And he showed up finally at the guy's house. When he showed up at the guy's house, they said, you're too late. He's not dead, but the doctor said he's going to die today. It's just... There's no hope. 
You're, you're too late. He said, God never sent me too late anywhere. Mm, that's good. Well, he was following the leading of the Lord. Yes. Well, that doesn't mean that everywhere you go, you're never late. <laughs> Sorry. If it feels like it's your picture, then don't express it loudly and nobody will know. No, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean that you never showed up anywhere late. Wigglesworth said, God never sent me anywhere late. In other words, he was on a mission from the Lord. And he knew he was on a mission from the Lord. And Paul and Silas were on a mission from the Lord, and they knew they were on a mission from the Lord. Well, if you don't have that confidence... Well, you're going to have rough times, and it's going to be difficult to stay in faith. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you know God spoke to you concerning this or concerning that, concerning Egypt or wherever else the Lord called you to, well, then you have solid ground to stand on because it's His Word. It's the Word of the Lord. Well, then you can be bold like Paul and Silas in prison when it seems like naturally everything is going wrong. Well, no, I know I'm doing what God told me to do. Maybe it's where you work, you know, your place of employment. Mm -hmm. And you know you're supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And it seems like everything's going the wrong direction and things are not right. And what's going on? Well, if you know the Lord told you to be there, then you ought to be there. Now, you can ask the Lord, Lord, is my time up, you know? <laughs> do the Christianese, has the grace lifted? Because I know my grace is not lifted. <laughs> so many things I can't go down to them. Okay. But you just follow the Lord. Yeah. And then you can be bold. So they could be bold. So Wigglesworth with this young man, then he comes in. And the, the young man was so frail, the doctor said, you can't move him. You can't do anything. And he was facing away from the door. So he's facing the wall. And they could only move him with the sheet. And they said, if we move him, we may kill him. Well, he just commanded him to get up in the name of Jesus, and that young man got up and was instantly healed. I guess the Lord didn't send him late. <laughs> Daisy Osborne has a message, I love it, called Never Too Dead for a Resurrection. That <laughs> you're never too dead for a resurrection. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, he's the giver of life. He's also the resurrector of life. He said, I am the resurrection yes. and I am the life. Yes, he is. I am the resurrection and I am the life. So at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Real quickly over in 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're talking about when I lift my mouth and when I praise his name, something happens. I will lift my hands up in the name of the Lord. Psalm, I'm going to, you go over to 2 Chronicles 20. I'm going to turn over to Psalms real quick. Psalm 106. 108, rather. Psalm 108. There's so many good scriptures in here. Oh God, my heart is fixed. Psalm 108, verse 1. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Oh God, my heart is fixed. 
I like it. It reminds me, I set my face like flint. Mm -hmm. My heart is fixed. My heart is set. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. In other words, with all that I am, I will sing and I will give praise. You know, what Paul said, uh, speaking of uh, speaking in other tongues and worshiping the Lord in other tongues and in English, he said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. In other words, he just decided, I'm going to do this. I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding. And David over here said, oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. You know, when you actually confess what you want, so if you confess the word of God, it gives it the ability to come to pass in your life. Uh, I forget the guy's name now. But he said, confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. E.W. Kenyon. Confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. In other words, you're, you, have, you believe something and you say, well, why doesn't that come to pass? Well, a lot of people have done everything except for shout and confess. You know, your shout is a confession of your belief in God. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20. See if I got it in there. There we go. It came to pass after this also, verse 1, that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in uh, Hazamon, Tamar, which is in, in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. He didn't just fear, but he feared and set himself to seek the Lord. I think maybe if if I put it in modern paraphrase, you could say, and Jehoshaphat worried and set himself to seek the Lord. Worry and fear go together. Jehoshaphat worried and set himself to seek the Lord or set his face to seek the Lord. Literally, the margin of my Bible says his face. Where it says himself, it's his face. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. I have set my face. I have set myself to seek the Lord. So fear comes, and he said, oh, I'm setting myself. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm looking to the Lord. Uh, This is a big deal, but I'm not going to try to do it on my own. I'm setting myself to seek the Lord. Let's go down to verse 15. And he said, well, do I have time? I don't have time. Verse 15, and he said, so he begins to pray, and I'll pick up his prayer at verse 15, and he said, uh, listen, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, as after his prayer, and you, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says to you. Don't be afraid. So he told the Lord everything that was going on. I really don't want to skip that. He said, verse 10, and now behold, the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. In other words, we wanted to invade, but you said no, and we obeyed you. Uh, But they turned from them and didn't destroy them. Behold, he's talking to God, I say how they reward us for not going in to destroy them uh, to come and cast us out of your possession. They're saying, you gave us this land, and you told us don't attack them, and we did what you said, and they knew we, we did what you said, but now they're rewarding us for not attacking them by attacking us, trying to kick us out. 
but we did what you said. Verse 12, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us, neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. No might, and you don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Look at it. Sounds like Paul and Silas in prison. Uh, they had no ability to get out of those stocks. No ability to get up and do what they were called of God to do. Yeah. But they prayed and sang praises unto God. Yeah. Verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and list all these, uh, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Verse 13 says, All Judah stood before the Lord with their whole family. So they all came together. It sounds like forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You know, in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, or verse, I think 1 through 4, uh, they, they came together and they were praying and fasting. And, and that atmosphere, the Holy Ghost said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. In other words, they were called before that. But that was a time of separation. What if they didn't come together and worship the Lord and pray and fast? What if the, the, these uh, Hebrew children didn't come together? So the Spirit of the Lord came upon uh, Jehaziel in the midst of the congregation, and he said, verse 15, Hearken or listen, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. This is what the Lord is saying. Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but the Lord's. The battle is not yours but the Lord's. In other words, look at your source. If the battle is yours, it sounds like the Lord's saying, if, if you're going to fight this battle, you better be afraid because <laughs> you are outnumbered and outmatched. Yeah. But he said, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed because the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. This is the Lord's battle. Amen. This is my battle. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they'll come up from the cliff of Ziz, and you'll find them at the end of the brook. He'll show you things to come. Before the wilderness of Jeril, you will not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, sometimes that is one of the biggest challenges is for us to stand still. <laughs> Just wait. Stand still, set yourself, then stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Are you saying, I'm going to go out in front of this mighty army that is surrounding us on every side, and I'm just going to stand there? That's called faith in God, right? You will not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. 
They stood up to praise the Lord with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear you, O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so will you be established. Believe his prophets, so will you prosper. And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness and that they should go before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they begin to sing and to praise, when they begin to sing and to praise, so they're out, they're standing, and now they begin to sing and to praise. The Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon, Moab, uh, stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. So he, like, confused the enemy's camp, so they all killed each other. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked to the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. None of your enemies escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and the people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days and gathering all that spoil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. Three days gathering all the spoil. All from what? Turning, seeking the Lord and praising the Lord saying, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I believe when they said that, that gave them a path to stand on. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That they looked to the Lord, this is what the Lord said to do, and now that is just their declaration of their faith in God. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. In the midst, in the very face of your most difficult time, of your darkest hour, you just stand and you say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Amen. Think about that. Just the goodness of God. How good he is, he, he is better than we could even imagine. I mean, you, you understand his plan more and more each day as you grow in him and you see his provision and you see his protection and you see his leading. But he said, they said, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. You don't need mercy if you didn't make a mistake. You don't need mercy if you didn't do what you knew you were supposed to do. Right? The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. In other words, God's a good God. He's going to do good things for me. And it's not even based on what I can do or what I did do. It's based on his goodness and his goodness alone. His goodness and his mercy. Say this with me. For the Lord is good. And his, and his mercy lasts forever. The Lord is good to me in my life, in my situation. And his mercy is new every day. No matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, 
His mercy is everlasting, never ending. He is merciful to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you're not born again, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know today. It's not something that you hope. It's not something that you wish for. It is, he is someone that you know, that you have a relationship with. You come into a relationship with. As the Bible says, as many as received him, speaking of Jesus, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. It's not according to what we do. It's not, well, you've done enough good things. I heard a commentator uh, uh, on the internet this week talking about, well, if you, if you do enough good things, then you go to heaven. If you did enough good things, then you go to heaven. No, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus says. That's not what God says. You do good things after you are born again. But you can do some good things before you're born again, and it doesn't get you any relationship or rapport with God. He does not deal with us according to what we have done. He deals with us according to what Jesus did. In other words, by the life of Jesus, Jesus took all of your sins and your sicknesses and your poverty on himself and defeated them and gave us access to his life. And that comes by believing that God raised him from the dead and declaring that Jesus is Lord. So slip up your hand if you'd like to receive Jesus this morning. Just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. Don't wait another minute. Don't wait another day. You don't know when you are going to draw your last breath. Okay, number two, if you're here this morning, and you were in the house of God living for God, but you are what the Bible calls a backslider. That means you live for God, but you let other things come in and pull you away from God, your own desires for other things, and uh, maybe what other people said or did to you, uh, offenses, they've separated you from the Lord. If you'd like to come back this morning, then I want you to lift up your hand, and I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. And number three, if you're here this morning and you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, you've never been filled with the Spirit, but you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, according to Acts chapter 2. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Jesus said, wait till you be filled with this power from on high. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, just slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and pray for you. Hallelujah. If you're watching online and you'd like to respond to any of those invitations, then I encourage you to email us at info at anchordc.org, and we'll be happy to get you some materials and pray with you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that your word is solid ground, that your word is the firmest foundation that we could live our life on. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that you've spoken into our hearts today. We receive your word with gladness. We receive your word with meekness. Father, we thank you. I pray for each and every person that can hear this. Father, that you would give unto them, unto us, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being flooded with light, that we would be able to understand and comprehend, oh, with other saints, your love that goes beyond our mind, 
that we would understand our inheritance that we have in you, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power you worked in us and it's working in us now. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.